0: Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, produced here in Sydney, Australia. My name is Matt Wakeling and thank you so much for joining me. Now today we speak to one of my favourite guitarists, someone I'm so happy uh, that we've got on the show, and that is Jack Jones, also known as Irwin Thomas. Now Jack first rose to national prominence as the frontman for the Australian rock band Southern Sons in the 1990s. And whilst his vocal chops were impeccable and landed him a lot of other gigs too, Jack's guitar playing is really his first lover. He's always had incredible phrasing and, and tone. In today's interview, we talked to Jack about his latest album, Californian Dreaming, which he shares the, uh, the headlining status with Rick Price, his old friend and another great Australian vocalist. The album is an homage to the West Coast Songbook and features incredible songs by the Eagles, Jackson Browne, Neil Young and many more and there are some stellar guitar moments on that record so it was a lot of fun talking to Jack about those. Alright, let's just get straight to it. Here's my interview with Jack Jones. Jack Jones, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast.
1: Thanks mate, good to be here.
0: Great to have you. Now, we're talking today about... Obviously, you're gearing up for the the tour for the fantastic album "California Dreaming" with your old mate Rick Price. I remember seeing you guys do acoustic shows back in the late '90s um, as a duo. When did you guys first meet?
1: Yeah, that was probably at uh, well. We first met in about '90, uh-huh. and um, and then in the mid '90s, uh, we were sort of. Uh, we was kind of booked together to do uh, some runs of shows. It was Rick and I, and we did some shows with Tommy Emmanuel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, it didn't take very long before Rick and I would, would found ourselves in the conversation. You know, we should probably do something together at some stage. It's really fun and we have a great sort of uh, camaraderie and, and musical kind of connection. So, uh, but you know, it's, Life happens, and um, you know you get busy doing things, doing your own stuff. So um, it was great that we, you know, we were able to collaborate on this record and and finally, finally, sort of realize that dream, that dream that we had (laughs) of making a record together. But it's, but it's true, you know. Like it's, it's funny. You don't think that twenty years can go past so quickly, but it can. so it's, it's been great. We've had a great time. We made the record at Ricky's house in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We had a great setup. There. Um, had some amazing players on it. And uh, it's just been super fun. So we're, obviously we're getting very excited now about our upcoming tour and, uh, and kind of taking it, taking it to the next level, uh, you know, the next phase of, of that process. So you make a record, that's a certain kind of, getting to know getting to know you, you know getting to know the song sure and uh and, you know shape shaping that sort of sonically and then uh and then you get the opportunity to, to kind of go out and play live so i'm very excited about playing with him and we've been doing a lot of these little uh, acoustic kind of shows um well acoustic sort of performances promoting the the tour so i'm you know i'm super excited about us getting together with the band and and smashing it out it's going to be a lot of fun man
0: that's cool that's so great who um who else have you got playing for the tour
1: i'm not allowed to say yet but okay. um but we have just we have jess and matt um matt and jess jess and matt um, okay they're opening um, and yeah. we have three other three other uh fabulous uh and extraordinary um musicians with us so it's it's uh it's gonna be really yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a great band it's gonna be a great band and we're gonna be playing you know the, we'll play the whole record we're also gonna play our old you know hits um That's- and do them in a similar uh, well I shouldn't say a similar style to the record because that would sort of be it might be a bit misleading but we're gonna do them together which uh, which I'm pretty jazzed about so yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah. we can. Gonna- duet style our Excellent. you know respective uh, old hits. So it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be really good.
0: That's cool, man. That's great to hear between you guys. You've got such a great catalogue. Um you know, before the record, before the new record, so that's really good.
1: Yeah, you don't you forget how uh you know fortunate uh you are from time to time, you know, from just uh, I guess because of, of the just the, the era, um you know the way things kind of happened. It was, uh, it's really created a great environment for us to continue to celebrate that time. It's great. Really looking forward to it. Cool, man. That's awesome.
0: Man, there's so many great guitar moments on the record. I mean, the the songs are they're, they're great songs. So really, any guitar part you bring is gonna is living in a really great home. But um, there's some cool guitar parts. Um, can we talk about some of that stuff? The um, where to start? The, t- the title track's got that baritone part. Is that is that you? playing that part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we were, when Rick and I was were kind of nutting out that song, it just uh, occurred to me that it might be a kind of cool thing to do. Um, and I've been hanging out to play baritone on a record uh-huh. uh, that you know that I'm actually seeing on as well. So um, I tend to, en- like I've enjoyed uh, that instrument, like that version of a guitar. Um, mm. And quite often it's, it's such a stylized Thing that it doesn't necessarily always fit, but we managed to just kind of, uh, you know, create a little, a nice little, uh, little space for it to, to, uh, to, to sort of enter. And uh, yeah, we're really, we're really happy with that, actually. That was a great little moment during the record. And at first, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's winning. not in
0: the original, but it totally works. It totally works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a good, that's a good thing that, you know, we've, we've been able to uh, inject a bit of ourselves into these songs without, I think, you know, with the full intention of being respectful and paying homage to all these artists and these great songs, uh, you don't want to sort of stomp all over them, sort of just to, just to exert some kind of uh, level of, You know, not wanting to be like the record or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, But I just think you want to you want to sort of respectfully put yourself into it too, because that's I think how you really that's how you truly sort of pay homage to something, not by just copying. You know. Um, So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you like that bit there. We have have a lot of fun with that. (laughs)
0: Light my fire, you guys inject your own kind of vibe on that. That that becomes a a new kind of animal. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's a, that's kind of like a bit of a hybrid because there's the uh, obviously there's the Doors, you know, uh, version of that, and then there's a like a Jose Feliciano version of that song yes. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we sort of I don't know. We are uh, you're right. That that song. It's funny. Well, I was just saying before that there's another song on the record we may have taken the most sort of license on, but that one's kind of had a uh, had a had a, a bit of a, a bit of a going over. But yeah, that's right. Nice little telly, bit of telly twang in that track. Which yeah, was fun. man.
0: I, I love the outro solo too. It sounds like, it's kind of like an Albert King freak out in some
1: spots. Yeah, nice. There you go. That's kind of what we were going for. Yeah, wow. You know, just that kind of clean, cleany sort of, uh, you know, sort of all organic kind of, you know, telly Albert King kind of tone, you
0: know? Nice. Did you take guitars to Rick's place or was there just a bunch of stuff
1: there? I, I did. Rick, Rick's got a couple of um, a couple of lovely guitars, and I and I bought a couple of uh, I took a, a, a custom telly of mine with a couple of humbuckers made by a guy named Arby uh, Shabbat uh-huh. uh, in LA. I also had a uh, my Charles Celia Strat with me. Yeah, great. Um, and uh, what else did we have? And then we had Rick's. Rick's got a nice little telly. And uh, it's got a gorgeous, uh, like, epiphones, the Casino. Um, so we had a good, a nice little uh, selection of guitars. You know, we had a, a Ricky 12 string and, uh, and um, the baritone, the Dan Lightrope, mm-hmm. or the, uh, the um, uh, oh, God, I can't, just escape me now. Oh, was that
0: um, Turn, Turn, Turn? Had the 12 on
1: there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the birds exactly. thing, of course, so you that, need that. That was nice. I really play. I don't play a lot of twelve string uh, these days, but um, that was actually really nice. It's a it instantly has a, a vibe, yeah, like just, just straight yeah. away, you know. So um, so that was yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. I'm not looking forward to tuning all these guitars and go <laughs> on the road.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of strings, man.
1: Already, yeah, yeah. Rick Rick played, Rick's got a, a beautiful little uh, an old Martin uh, okay. acoustic, and um, he played that on uh, on both sides now.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah.
1: um, it's such a oh man, like that his performance on that track and just just, you know, something else very that's very special.
0: That's a beautiful tune. That's got really beautiful some beautiful sort of electric ambient kind of parts in some spots too. What's yeah, going on? There? That
1: was Yeah, so um so that's the telly, that's an open uh an open D tuning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, I know there's a lot of pedals that have this kind of, I don't know what they call it, like ice reverb or something. Now, like a lot of pedals, you just hit the button and it kind of does it. But I kind of like to make like those ambient sounds. And they take usually, sometimes they take a bit more work because you, you're not really using like a preset, you know, you're you're trying to dial things out of other things. Um, but uh, you know, it's got that kind of uh, you know pitch pitch shift sort of
0: in the yeah. Back there's that shimmer kind of thing going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, like that old H three thousand kind of, which I was a huge fan of when it when those units first came out. It was like a secret weapon of all those LA studio guys. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of. You can actually see. There's a great um. There's a for all the guitar nerds listening to this. There's a there's a great. Uh, Pete Thorne and um, – oh, my God, I can't – ha- I'm having a brain meltdown at the moment. Um, Tim Pierce. Oh, yeah. Um, ha- had a chat with uh, Michael Thompson, who, you know, among many, many, many records, um, listeners may be familiar with his beautiful guitar work on Rick's uh, album, Heaven Knows. He plays all over that record. Okay, um, yeah, cool. Uh, but, uh, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a studio – you know legend and uh LA cat and um and he talks about that sound okay. that actual yep. that that actual shimmerish sound in the A3000 and he actually pulls it up and explains to people what it is because that was like the signature sound of his in in uh in like the 80s and the 90s you know like people got him to play on their records because of that sound uh-huh. and it's kind of cool to hear you know talk about it now because at the time it was such an elusive I mean me as a guitar player growing up you know I I wanted to be like Larry Carl and Mike Landau um, you know that was that was who I wanted to to be uh, I never really saw myself as being you know a singer a front person in a band or even a songwriter to be honest with you until that sort of came along I was just obsessed with guitar and guitar sounds. So. You know, I spent a better part of the sort of mid to late '80s, even going into the early '90s, sounds like chasing those, those uh, you know, all those session sounds. I bought Amy Grant records in the '80s because Dan Huff was on them. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh man, he's playing on those records. Um, is
1: great. Incredible, mate. You know, yeah. like, and I used to just study those records and uh and just listen to those guitar sounds, and mm-hmm. I would call my mates up in LA that used to work at, <laughs> You know. Yeah. Cartage. Um, as a matter of fact, you know what? I can probably say this now because it's okay. But Dave Friedman, um, okay. Friedman amplification. He, yep. he, Friedman amps, absolute sweetheart, lovely guy. Like someone who I who I really consider a, a mate. You know, he um, back in the day he used to work at, at Andy Brower, uh, like studio rentals there, okay. and they used to do cartage for all those guys. Yeah. And I was this eighteen-year-old. I met him when I was about eighteen, and I used to, you know, I used to call him and say to him, "Mate, you know." And then everyone was sworn to secrecy, man. No one would tell you, like, how Mike Landau's rig was wired or <laughs> Steve Luger's rig, or you know, because that that was their business. Like these sure. Dan Huffs rig, whatever, you know. So it was there was this huge, like, uh, you know shroud of secrecy around how guys got these guitar sounds. And every once in a while, Dave, I'd be in a conversation with Dave, and he'd just say, hey, man, why don't you just like try this? And he'd kind of give me a loose set of parameters okay. that, that would somewhere guide me to, to a, a beginning of how I might be able to kind of replicate some of these guitar sounds. And I will forever be grateful to him for doing that because – He never gave up anyone's secrets or compromised his integrity, but he did, um, you know, he really did help me along during that time as far as, you know, my, my endeavor to like pull some of those sounds because I was was in love with them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) those prongs and those volume swells. And I was like, oh, my God, how do these guys get these sounds? You know, like. And it was such an elusive thing, you know. Australia is a long way away and, and, uh, from, from that world. And we didn't have the internet and, uh, you know, YouTube to go and have a look at how, guys, what bit of gear, if someone was using a, you know, a, a songbird tri chorus or, yeah. you know, we just it, it, we didn't have access to any of that. You know, you bought Guitar Player magazine, man, and if there was an article on Andy Brower. And, uh, you know, there was photos of guys with their racks. You'd be, I'd be looking in their racks. Oh, my God, that's a Rain SM26. He, he's got two SPX-90s in his rig. Oh, my God. Wow, that's a legend on PCM-42. Exactly, yeah. wonder what he used that for. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God, Steve Stevens used PCM-41 for his machine gun sound. Right. Like, it was just – yeah, that was a bit – I just loved that about um, my journey as a guitar player during those days, like chasing that stuff. I absolutely loved it. You know? Awesome, I get dude. excited to talk about
0: it. Yeah, man. I, I had um, Phil Buckle on, on the podcast last year, and we were talking about, you know, all the Southern Sun stuff. And um we are talking about Nothing But The Truth, because I love that record. And we were talking about how, huh. for me, the tones were, I mean, very contemporary for early 90s, but mm-hmm. they stand up, man. Those, those tones stand up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just heard Can't Breathe the other day, and that's my Soldano X88R. Okay. Um, okay. Which I just recently kind of pulled out of the – uh. <clears throat> out of the storage unit and I put a whole rig together like just with a lot of those sounds in it because uh-huh. it reminded me of what a, what a great sort of sound that that unit has, you know. Yeah, um, yep. awesome. And we did we definitely, I mean, Phil has always pulled great guitar sounds, um, you know, he's a fabulous songwriter, obviously. But, you know, great guitar player. I was a huge fan of the State and the Cutters.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, Phil's old. Man, I
1: I, I've still got State LP and and CD, you know, like uh, of elementary, you know. I, I was just listening to that record the other day, actually. Phil's guitar playing on it is phenomenal. Um, but we did, you know, we, I, we, I was using a bunch of old Marshalls and stuff during that time, and I had some some beautiful signature series, uh, uh, sort of custom shop uh, strats that were made for me by Jay Black at the time. Okay, awesome. um, I loved those guitars. It was a great, particularly in particular, there was a green uh, strap, the Floyd Rose and a maple board, massive V sort of old V neck. Uh-huh. You know, it was a great guitar, great guitar. I don't regret selling many things, but I probably every once in a while I kind of go, mm, maybe I should have hung on to that guitar.
0: <laughs> I think we all do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? do, man? <laughs> hey, um, on on the new record, running on empty was 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 the standout guitar moment for me. Um, that sort of took me back uh-huh. to if I don't know if there's a signature Jack Jones guitar sound, but that, that sort of took me back to that. Tell me about that track.
1: So that was um, that was Rick's uh, so the guitar was was a, a Shabbat my um, Shabbat custom uh, telecaster, a couple of humbuckers couple some Sur pickups in that guitar. Okay. And we used full drive Rick's got a little full drive too, and we used his, um, got a great little uh, Pro Junior. Okay. Uh, wow. And we just mic that with a couple of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with a couple of, um, you know, a lot of the effects on that, on that record were printed, you know, okay. we, I'd be going into a reverb and we could be tweaking the reverb, and we'd be listening to it. And I have a little tweak. We listen to it again. Do you think there's enough reverb well, on no, there? Yeah. Do you think there's too much? Well, it's... And then we just printed it. We recorded the guitars in his bathroom because it just sounds great. Had a couple of mics on it. And we got a ribbon mic and like a 57, really standard kind of configuration, you know. But um, but it works, you know. And uh, and that's uh, that was a, that's a tricky one that song because I don't play slide, <laughs> so anyone who knows that you know, knows me that I don't really play slide. But I've always loved, you know, listening to, you know, cats like Brett Garst like playing slide <laughs> guitar, makes you never want to pick up a slide. Like it's just, <laughs> I hear that guy playing, I'm like, why would I ever even do that? That would just be ridiculous. But I love the sound of it. and I, I do like to mimic it at times, you know.
0: What knocked me out about that solo that you played on that? You're, you're obviously copying a lot of, I think David Lindley might have played the slide solo on, the, on Jackson. That's Burns. correct. And it's it's such an iconic sound, but you're um you're nailing some of the moves, but you're obviously playing yeah, you're fretting, you're not you're not playing a slide, so you're doing yeah, some other yeah. stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Man, how'd you do that? How'd you nail that? How how'd you get inside his head?
1: Well, you know, I think it's sort of like we took it we took a very similar approach with all the instruments on this record as I think Rick and I did with the vocals, and okay. that was you know, interpret, um, but but be respectful to the to the memorable or key elements and okay. and real you know, things that make the songs what they are. Um, so you know, with that with that solo, it was like, yeah, we got to. Well, let's, I mean, it's David Lee Solo on that is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't play lap steel or pedal steel or fly. So it was a matter of uh, just just quoting. Uh, quoting his things but also like you say sort of getting in his head a bit those signature licks of his excuse me in that are so good that yeah, yeah. they make you want to play them mm-hmm. like they when you when you think of maybe making a move somewhere else you kind of just go ah, I'm just going to do that because just great and then at the end you know I get to kind of you know um you know you know res- respectfully uh you know quote, quote bits and then throw a little bit yeah, in, yeah. um, yourself, you know, and you just hope that in the end you, you get the mix, right. You know, you don't really think about, you just kind of feel your way through it. Um, and I, I think as a guitar player, like when you grow up learning guitar, it's a lot of, a, a big part of, or any instrument for that matter, is like is transcription, you know, you, you break things down that other people do and then you kind of work out how they did it. And then you try and take a bit of that. And, um, and then, you, you know, you regurgitate it and spit it out. My guitar, old guitar teacher used to say to me, to, to borrow from one person is to plagiarize, but to borrow from many is to be resourceful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, I'm constantly stealing or borrowing or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, little pieces of information from other guitar players' repertoires that I love and admire. And I hope that when they come out, Uh, people can hear the influence of it but not think that that I'm just trying to be someone else you know
0: sure absolutely well I guess that line you're saying you're interpreting with respect I think I think that solo sums it up man for me
1: yeah that's awesome man I'm glad you like it I'm looking forward to us uh, uh, playing live and having the opportunity to really start you know we can really we're going to have some extended moments in the set I'm sure where we just where we get to jam and, and have a have a bit of fun, you know. That's
0: cool. Yeah, that fade out could have gone for another 15 minutes for me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, there's that's probably a version of it that does. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. Excuse me, Matt. A yes. Two minute reminder, two minute reminder. Thank you. Okay, that's great. Excellent. Right. Hey, thanks for, uh, you know, like just uh, making the time to do this, mate. I know we've been trying to get get together and make this happen. Yeah. I listened to the, uh, the, the um, Phil. Link, and it, oh, cool, man. It was so great, great to hear him uh, talk about playing playing guitar and, and uh, you know, reminded me of uh, what a, you know, magnificent guitar player that guy
0: is, you know, beautiful guitar player. All right, there you go. There's my conversation with Jack Jones. I really enjoyed that. That was that was really cool. Uh, at the end, he's talking about the interview I had with Phil Buckle. Now, you may know Phil Buckle uh, was the main songwriter and Uh, Jack's co-guitarist in Southern Suns during the 90s. So that was the interview we were referring to. If you haven't heard that, that's also got some great stories about Jack's playing and and Phil's career as well. Definitely worth checking out. All right, I need to thank uh, Sony Music. You could hear Joanne from Sony just chiming in, just wrapping the interview up there. Jack was on a long press day, so... Uh, our window was you know, just the same as everyone else's, 20, 25 minutes or something. So thanks to Sony and thanks to Jade at the PR Files here in Sydney. Great PR company and uh, they've become great friends of the podcast here. So I really thank them for helping set up the interview with Jack as well. Now at the end there, Jack did allude that we have been trying to talk for a while and uh, after the interview, uh, before the phone was well and truly cut off, uh by sony i did ask jack if he might like to come back at another stage and talk about more of his career in a broader sense and uh he was interested in doing that so hopefully fingers crossed we can get that that happening i know a lot of our listeners would love to hear that in fact jack is one of the most requested guitar players uh for this podcast i've I've had so many emails or messages saying can you get jack on um so yeah cool to finally talk guitars with him great guy really great player and um Wish him all the best. Uh, last last bit of news. Um, sadly, the tour um, has been postponed. I found out um, a little while after the interview that the tour has been postponed. The album, of course, is still available. So check that out. Hopefully there will be some live dates to come. Um, that would be a killer show with Rick Price, and Jack, and the band. So, so stay tuned for that. Or if we hear anything, we'll, we'll definitely pass that news on. All right, before we go, remember you can subscribe to the Guitar Speak Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or iHeartRadio, and you'll get uh, our our show sent to your device every time we have a new episode, which we try and do weekly. We're just getting back into it this year. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook closed group as well. You can come and talk guitars or talk about the podcast, and you can support us on Patreon. All the links to these things are in the show notes for today's episode. Okay, my name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.